I want to tell you about where the League of Mindful Gentlemen came from and how I got to that title, you know. I told you in the last episode that it all started with a gentleman's breakfast to um, introduce some friends to the idea. Eventually then finding a space where we could do it and finding a few people who were interested, a few men who were interested in doing it with us. And since then, on a Monday regularly, there's a couple of guys that sit there and meditate. And the thing was, right from the very beginning, it was so important that there was... It shouldn't feel like it's a commitment. It shouldn't feel like you have to be there. There's some people who find the time and enjoy it and want to be there as often as they possibly can. Recently, I haven't been as active as I have been in the past, but I probably will be again. I definitely (laughs) plan to continue with it. There's no doubt about that. I spent a lot of time thinking about the fact that although... There was no real spirituality in my family. Talking to people who'd spent much more time, you know, looking at, thinking about whether... See, I began spending time trying to think about where I was in my head with, like, spirituality. I've always been primarily sort of science-based in my beliefs, but I've always felt some kind of connectedness. I've always felt that there's, there's more than just that but you know the basic religions never fulfilled that in any way exactly the opposite they turned me off more than they turned me on and in our family you know we went to weddings we had funerals unfortunately like everybody does we had christenings and baptisms in the family that we went along to my mum would go to church sometimes at christmas but there was no real belief system in our house you know you were told not to blaspheme and things like that, but I think that primarily because that was what people didn't do. <laughs> but there was still this awareness in our family that we're all just people, we're all just equals. You know, my dad, my dad was, uh, he, it didn't make any difference who was opposite him. If it was the bank manager, if it was some poor homeless guy on the street. Um, regardless of colour, creed, whatever. Whoever my dad came up against, it was just another person, you know? And that had nothing to do with the fact that he was enlightened or anything like that. It was just my dad, you know? It's just how he was. My mum, again, the most caring people you can possibly imagine, you know, always willing to help, always socially engaged I don't know how many sponsored runs we did. I don't know how many sponsored haircuts she did for Live Aid and Band-Aid and how many miles we ran for whatever thing (laughs) was the... I don't know how often we did some kind of sponsored run where we raised money in some way, but it never had anything to do with the church. It was just like, that was normal. (laughs) That was everyday life. That was what you did. You know, it's what I got given, and I'm so grateful for it, that it wasn't with any kind of indoctrination, it wasn't with any kind of belief, it wasn't in any way connected that I would be punished from God or anyone else if I didn't do it. It was just, that's what you did. You're kind to people. If you see somebody who needs help, then you help. And it's just this basic belief that I was given that you know the world is full of good people and 
that the world's a good place and there's ourselves in it, you know, and there's people who try and spoil it for the rest of us for whatever reason, which is usually not their own choice. I have to add to that nowadays. So I started looking at, like, you know, religion. What do some of the philosophers say about where religion comes from, you know, what the the reason we have religion because everywhere in the world there are wherever there's groups of people there's some kind of belief system behind it you know and freud says freud says that religion is an illusion that we have to make the world more bearable i guess you know that's the way i understand it but i don't like freud anyway so i've never really bothered listening too much to what he's had to say it's just the things i have heard have never really resonated with me you know it's not all about dicks and your mum that's it basically isn't it but carl jung carl jung has a different attitude to it that it's spirituality is like intrinsic it's an instinct that we have and that feels so much better for me and that's you know it's always my criteria if it feels warmer some somewhere in my chest when i hear something then that's the one that i'm going to go with you know because it's not quantifiable is it i can't prove that to you that it's not an illusion that it's an instinct nobody can prove that either you feel that that's the case or you don't you know and even then <laughs> you can still change the way you feel you can change your attitude towards it if you desire to if you look into it more closely but yeah i'm a real firm believer that there is a, an intrinsic moral that mankind has and that drives us to then form religions to try and explain why we feel that there are these rules that we should follow you know and i don't think these rules come from the outside that's the thing i think religion has tried to enforce those rules on us as a form of control and a form of structure and like everything else you know whether it's communism or religion i think they're both great ideas but as soon as people get involved they get so fucked up it's unbelievable but so i think this this feeling that we should be kind this feeling that we should be fair this feeling that we should care for others this feeling that you know you don't kill you do to others like you'd like to be treated yourself all of those things i think they're absolutely intrinsic instincts that we have based on the fact that we do have a connection it's not me and you it's us somewhere down the line which doesn't take away the fact that i'm an individual and uh, yeah it's going to get too spiritual for me to put into words at the moment it's not the not the thing I want to talk about today, so we'll get to that. We'll get to that at some time, I'm quite sure. But So, yeah, I got to thinking about, you know, where did I get all that from? What other people have to work at, what have to, other people need to learn? And it's obvious because they didn't get to live it as children. That's the, the huge privilege that I had to come back to it again and again and again. What a privilege it was to have the childhood that I had because it just meant that that was, that was there, that was always there all the time. I didn't need to think about why. I didn't need to think about if it's a God. I didn't need to think about anything else apart from the fact that that's how you behave as a human being. And I got set great examples, you know? My mum and dad, obviously, I've talked about before. Both my granddads I got to know, both of them absolute gentlemen. Unfortunately, my one grandmother was long dead 
before I was born. The other grandmother I got to spend lots of time with as well as a child. And yeah, just got given so many good lessons and so many good values along the way. And like I say, completely without indoctrination. There was there was no pressure. It was just like, you know, this is what we do. This is how you be. What a good person is, you know? And so, yeah, the more and more I, I went down that path, the more I had like this thought, being a gentleman, if you can be a gentleman, you're well on the way to being an, an enlightened spirit, you know? <laughs> you're definitely on the way to being an advantage for the community or an advantage for the collective and not a disadvantage and not someone who's taking. So I decided to have a conversation with someone about it and that someone, I've mentioned this in the intro, was ChatGPT, Artificial in Intelligence. And so I posed the question, and this is the one part of, of the podcast where I've actually got some show notes, unbelievably, but just some headlines. So I asked the question, what are the defining characteristics of a gentleman? And it answered with more than just the headings, but I'm just going to give you the headings. Respect, integrity, politeness, kindness, humility, responsibility, chivalry, civility, lifelong learning, empathy, positive influence, and self-reflection. Well, that's not bad, is it? If you can, <laughs> if you can manage like, five out of ten, or however many that was, yeah, I'm not doing too badly for a start, you know? So then I, I asked ChatGPT to compare that then with being a Buddhist. And so it then made the comparison and it said that as far as ethical behavior, compassion, humility and personal development are concerned, that there are definitely crossovers. It also went on then to state that the differences were that there's the belief in rebirth and karma in Buddhism. Well, a gentleman can believe in rebirth and karma, can't they, on an individual basis? That the focus is on self and on others so a gentleman is focused on his self and his own character and i don't agree with that i don't agree with that because you're focused on being kind you're focused on being polite so you're focused on the feelings of others and the development of others at the same time it says that buddhism is a religious tradition which is obviously silly because everybody knows buddhism isn't a religion <laughs> supposedly it's philosophy we all think it's a religion I might even cut this bit out afterwards if I discover that it is actually a religion. I think we talk about it being a world religion, but I think the Buddhists themselves say that it's a philosophy and not a religion. But I'll check that out before I post this. And the other point that it said was a difference was the cultural context. And I don't get that either because you can be a Buddhist any in any culture and you can behave as a gentleman in any culture and at this point i also need very importantly to point out whether it's a gentle man a gentle woman or a gentle other really doesn't make any fucking difference at all it's about the gentle part isn't it it's about being a good human being the best human you can be perhaps you know as a higher bar to set being the best you can be but trying to be the best you can be at that moment in time, <laughs> I guess, you know. 
trying to reduce the pressure here. Yeah. Um, so basically, it, it wrapped up with saying that ultimately, the two things serve different purposes. And so I asked again the question: How do they serve different purposes? They can have the same purposes in mind. So and now I'm actually going to read directly a quote. Being a gentleman primarily focuses on promoting positive social behavior and manners, while practicing Buddhist principles encompasses a broader spiritual and philosophical framework aimed at attaining enlightenment and liberation from suffering. So again, I answered, its primary focus is on cultivating good social behavior and manners. This seems to be an assumption. A gentleman could have the philosophical belief that his behavior can achieve liberation from suffering. So ChatGPT answered then, yes, you're absolutely correct, and I apologize for any oversimplification. The concept of being a gentleman can indeed extend beyond social behavior and manners, and individuals may hold philosophical beliefs that align with personal growth, ethical conduct, and even spiritual or philosophical goals, including the pursuit of liberation from suffering. It goes on, it goes on. I don't want to read from ChatGPT. I'm not claiming now either that ChatGPT is some kind of oracle of wisdom or anything like that. Primarily, I found it fucking incredible that it's possible to have that sort of conversation with, yeah, really, a machine. I mean, the conversation ended with ChatGPT saying, thank you for pointing out the complexity and diversity that can exist within these terms, and I appreciate the opportunity to provide a more nuanced perspective. It was like having a chat with someone, you know, someone who knew what they were talking about in most respects, but it was really like having a chat with someone. I found that absolutely incredible. But yeah, at the end of the day, I didn't need a machine or an artificial intelligence to convince me. I just... I found it very, very interesting that I was able to confirm what I felt and to confirm what I believed on that basis. But now I'm throwing it open. If there's anyone out there that disagrees fundamentally with that statement, then I'd really like to know. You know, I really would actively encourage you to, I was going to say, <laughs> put pen to paper, but it's like put finger to keyboard or touch screen or whatever it is you're using and let me know if you don't think that's true if you think I'm I'm way out on that belief I'd be really interested to hear definitely so at the same time then you know talking about this you know what I inherited what I was brought up with there is there is at the moment so much new research going into epigenetic trauma and the trauma that we bring with us in our genes, the trauma that we also get from like the culture that we're in, like the collective trauma. And on top of that, obviously, the, the, the lived trauma. And the thing is, it's so easy to focus on this fact that this is where we get all of our bugs from. This is where we get all of our ticks from this is where we get all of our demons and our shadows and all that because of all the things that went wrong i read a quote the other day which just opened my eyes so much and made me so happy 
if there is epigenetic trauma, then there is also epigenetic love, wisdom, and emotional intelligence. Yeah, of course, of course. Why would why would it be any other way? You know, it's so obvious. It's you know, it's nurture. It's that what we get from being loved. It's the all the positive aspects that we can get from people that are around us from situations that we come into with complete strangers sometimes that can all give us that that positive as much as it can give us the negative and you know there is so much focus on the negative aspects of 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 trauma and all the things we get given and even there even the things that are traumatic there's a wonderful film that everybody should watch as far as i'm concerned called The Wisdom of Trauma. It's from Gabor Mate, who I've talked about in the past and I'll definitely talk about again in the future. I'm not sure where you can watch it, but I'll see if I can find a link. I saw it recently online on a special offer. I know it's available in lots of languages. It's been watched by something like 8 million people already. And there, it's one of the aspects of that is this whole thing about there is wisdom in trauma. You know, if you look into the trauma, if you investigate the trauma, there is also a power that you can learn from it. There's positives that you can learn from it. It's not about clearing the trauma. It's actually about looking a bit more deeply and learning something from it as well, taking power from it, taking wisdom from it at the same time. So yeah, this is gonna, I guess, it might sound for some people triggering or arrogant or whatever, but, um, and this this aspect of, you know, how much you can actually inherit, how much you can just uh, um, be given from your parents, from your grandparents, from your ancestors in some way, whatever. So one of the things that as, as one of the consequences there's been from that is just like you know this this feeling of it's just there i just not even i understand it because i didn't think about it it's just absolutely normal a part of who i am and it sounds like a fucking egomaniac now you know oh, i am so kind i've fucked up so many times i've um i've made so many mistakes because i haven't listened to what I know is right, you know, and because I've gone for the quick win or gone for the pleasure, whatever, you know, and caused pain and caused myself pain, caused others pain. So I'm not claiming that, you know, I was aware in any way whatsoever. I hope I'm becoming more aware and I hope the instances of me causing pain become ever more seldom. But again, I'm still a human, I'm still on the way, you know, and I don't think anyone ever finishes that journey until the day they die, and then we don't know what happens after that, let's be honest. But yeah, it it, it feels a little bit arrogant to say, you know, well, I just knew all these things. It's only now that I've spent so much time and so many hours listening to podcasts, reading books, meditating, all those things, like I said, I started meditating back in 76, you know, bought my first book of meditation. Only since I've been doing all these things that I've really then, like, become aware of the fact that, you know, other people have to work so hard to get those connections, to get that feeling of being connected, because, yeah, at the end of the day, we, we're we born in that pure state 
I think, and this is like a belief again, you know, and a belief that's very easy from the position that I come from, but we come to our parents, we arrive here in whatever form that is, as pure beings with all that understanding, with that understanding of connectivity. Obviously, it's not understanding because we can't vocalize it, we can't express it, we don't know that it's there, but there is this intrinsic moral that we have as children when we come to the world, this intrinsic belief in something bigger than what we are. And slowly but surely, that gets the edges taken off. And in the worst case, that can be pushed so much into a corner because you have to find the way that you can survive in in the family that you're in, in the circumstances that you're in, that we lose contact with that. And it's about, for me, this whole journey is about rediscovering that. It's about finding that contact again, about, you know, like breaking down all of the stuff that's been put on top of that pure being that was there at the beginning and trying to get back to that real understanding, you know. So I think, yeah, I've, feel ever more that my theory is correct I feel ever more <laughs> it's just you know just even regardless of whether you believe or don't believe you know I just look at the science the science of kindness be kind just be kind if you don't do anything else be kind it's good for you and it's good for everyone that you are kind to and it's good for a much bigger collective because that kindness will spread and you know don't get hung up on the fact that it's supposed to be altruistic you know it's one of the buddhist principles to say that you should be kind without looking for reward you know you should be altruistic in your behavior and it's it's not about what you get back from it it's you know it's the act of doing and or but yeah it does feel good <laughs> it feels much better walking away from a situation where you've just been kind to someone where you've just been an arsehole basically in comparison you know it's what feels better it's quite often the question i ask myself what feels better does it feel better when i've been kind to someone in the situation or does it feel better because i feel justified that i've just been an arsehole and i've just shouted at someone or screamed at someone or whatever but it was absolutely correct that i did it you still don't go away with a good feeling do you if you but if you're kind if you're benevolent, especially if you manage to be kind and benevolent to someone who's being an arsehole to you, the feeling that you walk away with is so much nicer, isn't it? And you can take that feeling with you into the day instead of that knotted up anger that you could have otherwise. So, yeah, I'm going to end on that. It's quite simple, isn't it, really? Take care. Be kind.